Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. You guys should take your Bibles and turn with us to 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning at verse number 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and to many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness and godliness and faith and love and patience and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. My message comes from verse number seven. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. As I thought about this passage of Scripture, the Word of God says it is certain we can carry nothing out. We absolutely brought nothing into this world. Many scriptures back this up. Job 1.21, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Again, in the book of Ecclesiastics, the fifth chapter, verse 15, as he came forth of his mother's womb, Naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor which he may carry away in his hands. And this also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? So in the light of these scriptures that we've read in your hearing this morning, and many more that we could read. We understand why the Apostle Paul said, we can carry nothing out of this life. You may have a lot of money in the bank, and it's not wrong to save, but it's certain that we can't take one penny with us. You may have a fine home, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you can't take it with you when you die. You may have a lot of possessions. There may be things that's not worth a thousand dollars, but to you, you wouldn't take ten thousand dollars because it was your daddy's, it was your mother's, it was your grandfather's, it was your grandmother's, and it means a lot to you. A lot of things you may have, you may value your new car, but you can't take it with you. You may have a nice pickup truck. And you may have a sign on the front of it, I love my truck. 
but you can't take it with you. Nothing that we have can we take with us. Time lasts, things that mean so much to us and things we hold dear will be scattered to the four winds. Our family member's gonna take it to the goodwill. Dump it off somewhere. Give it to somebody. That's out of style. That don't look good in my house. I don't want nothing to do with that. We can't carry none of those things with us, can we? But I got some bad news for the sinner. That's why I want to title my message, Bad News for the Sinner. You ever got a call? Somebody said, I got some bad news for you. And your heart nearly skips a beat. What's wrong? Bad news. If you're here without the Lord, I've got some bad news. Because even this passage of Scripture has to be rightly divided. We shall carry nothing out. We have to leave that in the context that it's in. There are some things the sinner will take with him when he leaves. In fact, you're going to be pretty much the same person that you are right now. You're going to have a a different body, but there's some things that you're going to take with you. And I want to share those with you. Every sinner that's here, when you pass through death, when the end of time comes, you're going to take with you your five senses. The man that we read about in Luke chapter 16 that we're all familiar with, he was a person that once lived upon this earth, but when he went on to the next stop, he had the same mind that he had before. He recognized Lazarus. He remembered his five brothers. He remembered, I didn't repent. He had the same desires that he had while he was here upon the earth. I don't know if he ever cried while he was here, but he certainly cried when he died, and he left his eyes in a devil's hell. He carried that with him, the ability to cry. There's something else he took with him, something you will take with you, the capacity for concern for loved ones, This rich man wanted Lazarus to sit to his father's house to testify to his five brethren, lest they too come into this awful place of torment. He was informed that it was too late to do that, that though one rose from the dead, he felt if one would rise from the dead that his brothers would repent, but not so. And so, dear ones, we also, as we look in the Word, we find that this man, he took with him the ability to see. You know, hell probably wouldn't be quite as bad if you couldn't see in the story of the rich man and Lazarus. It's evident that the rich man saw flames. He saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. The unsaved will see the black-suited walls of an eternal hell. They'll see wretched lives. They'll see, my friend, things that we couldn't even speak of in the service here this morning in hell. Your eyes will be tormented, especially if you could see what you missed. Friend, if there be one thing in hell worse than another, it would be to think of a father and a mother 
a brother, a sister, children, a companion that was saved and living for God and know that you could be in a better place, that you could be in heaven, but you procrastinated and you put off your salvation until it was everlasting too late. This rich man had the power of recognition in hell. And not only that, friend, there's something else that he took with him. He carried with him the capacity to hear. This rich man heard the screams of the tormented, heard the crackling of the flames of fire, the blaspheming of God's name. He heard the pitiful cries for mercy. And so it will be for you if you leave this world unprepared to meet God. Another thing, my friend, which makes it bad news for the sinner is you carry out the capacity for taste. This rich man asked for water. Amen. Lost souls, I believe, in hell will be just like this rich man. They will beg for water because they'll be thirsty. They'll have a desire possibly even for God, but no way for those desires to be fulfilled. I believe that the Bible teaches that an indescribable thirst came over this rich man. He wanted water, water to seize the thirst that was consuming him. Oh, that he had a drop of water, just wanted a drop of water to quench the raging thirst that was consuming him, but there was not any water whatsoever. That's not asking for very much to an individual that's thirsty and an individual that's suffering the pains of hell, not just a bucket of water, but give me just a drop. I just want one drop of water. But I want you to notice, dear ones, not one single request that the rich man had was granted as soon as this rich man found himself in this terrible place. He immediately begins to try to take some steps for relief. He begs that Lazarus somehow, some way, could be given permission to leave the place where he was at. And before he leaves, just dip the tip of his finger in water. Bring me that finger. I'm tormented in this flame. But Abraham informs him that his request must be denied. Notice, dear ones, that even the smallest requests for relief in hell are denied. This rich man was not given one single thing to help his punishment and make it a little less bearable. Possibly in hell, I believe people will probably still crave the booze. I know of people that won't get saved. They say, I can't because I know I can't stop drinking. There's folks today that uh, will not get saved because they're bound by drugs and they believe in their heart and mind. There's no way that I could live without it. And they will not give up their alcohol. They will not give up their drugs. They will not give up their lustful living. They will not 
give up their sin. But I tell folks, one day you are going to give up your drinking. And one day you're going to give up your drugs. And one day you're going to give up your lustful living. You're not going to be able to live this way. One day you're going to give it up. You may still have the same desires throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. You may still crave the booze and may still crave the drugs and still crave the sins that's got you bound, the sins that you won't turn loose of. You know what you ought to do? You ought to seek God's face. You ought to ask God to save you. You ought to ask God to deliver you because he's able to do that in this life. Amen, I know of people who took the desire away, gave them victory over tobacco, gave them victory over drugs, gave them victory over alcohol, and what he's done for others, he can do for you. Did you ever stop to think about it? Oh, friend, this is bad news for the sinner. The pain and the punishment of unsatisfied appetites, the unsatisfied desires, and the unsatisfied longings. With no God to call on, Lord, help me. I can't do this. God, help me. There's nobody to call on. There's no one to hear your prayers. On earth, at least, the sinner can find some satisfaction in pursuing sin. There's some pleasure in sin for a season, at least upon this earth. Sinners can find some pleasures that last for a little while, but not so in a devil's hell. Amen. Friend, in the devil's hell, no sinner will ever be given an opportunity to satisfy the sinful passions. Any sinful appetite that you may have down in hell, you will not be able to satisfy those appetites. Sinner friend, this is bad news for you. If I was a sinner, I would look at all of this and I'd say this is bad news for me. Bad news. I want to tell you ahead of time, friend, what you're headed for if you continue to reject Jesus Christ. Bad news is going to come your way one day if you're not a Christian. Then, dear ones, find out something else. It's bad news. Carry out the capacity to speak. The wicked are praying, they're crying, they're cursing, they're begging God for mercy. Let's look hurriedly at what this rich man said, Luke 16, 24, and he cried and said, he could speak. And he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, sin Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Verse number 27. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, listen, the rich man said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, 
If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead. In hell, friend, if you go there, you're going to scream for help. And the only answer is going to be the echo of your own sad cry. How many, I wonder, are the petitions made daily by the screaming, suffering multitude down in hell? Oh, how they cry for help. They cry for mercy. They cry for water. But there's no help down there. That's bad news. Amen. They plead for forgiveness, but there's no forgiveness in hell. They beg for comfort, but all they can find throughout all hell is affliction. Bad news for the sinner. And then, you're going to take some things with you when you leave. That is, you're going to be able to feel. Amen. The rich man felt the flames of hell. He felt the wrath of God. He felt the remorse of his conscience. He felt his conscience had been worn many times. This rich man is now howling in pain. I am tormented in this flame. He no longer is enjoying the fine, soft garments clothing his flesh. Rather, he finds himself in flames of hell wrapping around his person. Can you imagine? Can you even fathom to suffer immeasurably without hope of escape? That is more than the mind can fathom. My mind can't fathom that. Friend, if you are tormented in hell, it'll be 10,000 different ways. Every part of the body and soul will be in pain. We need to remember hell is still a real place. Hell actually exists. It's a place that contains real fire. And those who are tormented feel real pain. They experience real suffering. Hell is a place of great misery and great heartache. My friend, hell is not some make-believe fairy tale, but it's a place that was created by God for those that rebel against God. And sinner friend, you might feel like I'm not a bad person. I'm a pretty good individual. I even come to church here pretty regular, so I'm not that bad. But you know what? I appreciate the fact that you might not be out in the depths of sin, but you're guilty of rebelling against God. That's the sin that you're guilty of. Rebelling against God, rebelling against the Holy Ghost, and rebelling against Jesus Christ. Yes, the torments of body and soul will be without intermission. Amen, the pains of hell will be so intense there'll be no possibility of sleeping or fainting, not even for a moment. When you have been in hell for one hour, you will have suffered more than 10,000 tongues could ever tell. I tell you, friend, this is bad news. It's really bad news for the sinner. Then also, something else. Somebody said, we can't take nothing with us, yeah? You take with you your memory. You're going to take it with you when you leave this world. Yes, dear ones, the wicked, the lost, is going to remember those opportunities they had to get saved. I wonder 
how many prayers mother has prayed for you. You'll remember those prayers. How many sermons has Brother Decker preached his heart out? You know what? God's got a record of all that. Giving you opportunity after opportunity. And you may not think too much of it this morning, but there's coming a day that it's going to come back to your memory. I could have got saved. I could have got right with God. I could have walked down to that altar so many times. And all that memory will haunt you. The man, he lost his riches. Uh, He lost his family. He lost his friends. Uh, He lost his possessions. He lost his life. But I want you to notice, his memory was still perfectly functional. He was still able to reason and remember. You'll find your memory has never worked so well, even when you was alive upon this earth. Yes, dear ones, he could remember his former splendor. He remembered Lazarus' hardships. He was still able to remember. I've got five brothers. I would like for somebody to go to them. I don't want my brothers to experience what I'm experiencing. Oh, dear ones, in verse numbers 27, we find the rich man was able to remember how to pray, but it was too late to pray. I cannot help but wonder what memories must have flooded his mind as he found himself in this unbelievable place of torment. How his memory must have haunted him. I made this choice. This is my own choosing, and it is for him. Because the Bible says, I set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. You're choosing where you're going to be throughout eternity. They'll recollect when they stood during the altar call, songs of invitation, verse after verse. I was almost persuaded, but almost is not enough. The memory will be tormented with those opportunities of being saved and how vainly you spent your precious time. Abraham said, son, remember. And oh, what numerous thoughts must have started going through his mind as Abraham touched this key of memory, hell might be more bearable if one could leave the memory in the grave. But when one realizes that he's arrived in hell because of the opportunities that he neglected, because he sought to satisfy his flesh, because he sought to satisfy his fleshly desires, because he followed the world, because he was proud, and because he was rebellious, and because He was disobedient because he rejected God's invitation. Because he wanted to have his own way, it will add immeasurably to his pain and agony. Supposing that the rich man died and went to hell during the lifetime of Jesus, that means he's had 2,000 years to remember his life over and over again. All those times, like a perfect recorder, Got your memory. Last thing I want to talk to you about, and tell you something, this is the most serious. 
the bad news for you, sinner, and the fact is you are going to take somebody with you. That's the bad news. If you were just all to yourself, and it didn't infect nobody else, you could say, that's my business. But I'm telling you, friend, you will take somebody with you to hell. That's bad news. You know what? Your son, your daughter, is probably going to end up in hell because they're following your example. Don't you think you can tell your son, now son, you don't do as I do. Do as I say. Friend, that don't work. Amen. You will take somebody with you down to hell because the Bible says, no man lives to himself, no man dies to himself. Somebody has influence over you and you have influence over somebody. That's bad news. You might not think too much about it right now, but I'll tell you something, friend. When you get to hell and you realize, here's my son, here's my daughter, here's my grandchildren, and there's your brothers, and there's your sisters, and there's your close friend. And if I had made the right choice, they may have made the right choice. Somebody is following you. I don't want to take nobody to hell. I would think seriously about my soul's salvation. Don't take nobody with you to hell. And the way you do that is don't go yourself. So I close with these final words this morning. Do not so get caught up in this life that you forget about your eternal destiny. Escape hell while you can. If you're not saved, the only thing between you and hell is just a heartbeat. And that's a mighty little thing to be between a man and hell. We're praying for you that you'll make the right choice this morning. God bless your heart. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.